I'm Dr. Anthony Smith of Alashe Center for Enrichment, and welcome to Black Folks Do Therapy, where we endeavor to challenge you to think critically about your mental health and overall wellness. Our goal is to inspire you to align your actions and values so that you might live your life fully 86,400 seconds every single day. We do this in part by asking questions and raising issues that you may not have previously considered. Ultimately, we encourage you to do those things that help you to live your best life consistently, always working towards balance. Good afternoon. We are greeting you from Johannesburg, South Africa, where we have come and we're sitting down with the black psychologist here who is also a traditional African healer. We're going to talk about how she incorporates her work to help people work through mental health issues. So we have with us Makulu Makamba, who is going to talk to us about her journey um, to be a psychologist and about the work that she does currently. Greetings. How are you today? Oh, well, thank you. And how are you? Doing well. So glad that you were able to make time to meet with us today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much. So um, let's jump right in. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you come to understand mental health and work in the mental health field? Okay. Um, I started first as a psychologist mm -hmm. and eventually I learned that I have a calling to be an African tra traditional healer. Mm -hmm. And for me, I saw an opportunity to to, to combine the two sure. and be a dual practitioner because in Africa mental health is not as recognized as spiritual challenges mm -hmm. however sometimes people are experiencing mental illness and that's not basically a calling to be a healer mm -hmm. and sometimes a person is having a calling to be a healer which comes as a form of spiritual depression so when I saw that it that encouraged me to answer my calling to be a single man mm -hmm. so you combine both of them and are able to attack it from multiple multiple vantage points that's correct because mm -hmm. a person when you look at a person holistically there's the mental side of the person mm -hmm. there's the spiritual side of the person there's the physiology and so forth however when the spirit is not at ease everything is likely to go wrong uh, basically mm -hmm. so i tackle both the mental health and the spiritual realm in combination mm -hmm. to bring wellness to my patients okay very very good so let's go back and talk about how did you become a psychologist what prompted you along that path okay uh, at first i went to medical school to study bachelors of medicine and surgery ah. but i could not finish because i was always sick mm -hmm. and i did not have i would have um what we call here seizures mm. uh, but there was no neurological problem that was um, a calling but my parents then did not know they thought I had a neurological problem okay and I was left with two years to finish but I could not finish basically mm -hmm. then what happened is my parents encouraged me to study something closer to medicine sure. which I always had passion in helping people my mm -hmm. passion was about helping people and psychology was the nearest 
to what I was studying. Sure. I went in, I studied psychology, and as I went on with it, my third year, I fell in love with it, listening to people, their problems, and all that. Mm -hmm. And I finished, wrote my board exam, became designated with the Health Professional Council of South Africa, okay. got my license, started practicing. I've been practicing for almost 10 years now. Okay. And when in the middle of my career, I realized that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. No matter how much work I put in terms of my personal development, my mental health, something's not adding up. Mm -hmm. And when I went to consult, we realized that I have a calling to be a traditional healer. It mm -hmm. took me time, of course, to answer my calling because mm -hmm. um, I believed only in the Western side. I did not believe in the spirit. However, I was experiencing it. The thing with the spirit, it's not a belief system. Mm -hmm. You experience it. Mm -hmm. As a result, in Africa, we don't write books about our callings because even though the common ground is our ancestors, but we experience it individually in mm -hmm. a different mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. As a result, we see somebody is very unique. So we might have a common ground as human beings, but how you experience life, it's specifically for you and you have those experiences. So that's how I became a psychologist. That's where my journey started. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up being a trial practitioner. Okay, so yes. we're going to weave all those two together. I like yeah. what you said about spirit being individual and kind of guiding you along your path, which is different from somebody else. That's correct. So as you're being the psychologist, you, you're you're practicing, you're doing your work every day for five years, you said, until Ten you... Years. For, but at the five-year point, you realized something was yes, off, right? Yes, that's correct. So those first five years, can you describe what you were doing and how you were doing it? Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, I would see a patient who comes in, they have probably trauma, they have also I did a career development as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not only psych, um, a counseling psychologist, I also specialize in psychometry. Okay. okay. So, so I dealt testing and things like that. Yes. Means. Okay. I mm -hmm. dealt with people who were seeking purpose, who were lost, who did not know what they wanted to do with their lives, mm -hmm. but also people who uh, went through a lot of trauma, giving them counseling and helping them to to, to heal basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was doing on a daily basis. But most of my patients now that I realize because you attract what you are, mm -hmm. we're also having spiritual problems right. however at that time because I was not learned about African spirituality the normality will be giving them counseling and refer them to a psychiatrist mm. basically and the challenge here in Africa is that we use DSM-5 which they six now right. written by Americans right. however not <laughs> addressing the African problems right. you know we experience a lot of spiritual um, awakening mm -hmm. which is spiritual depression a new term in the mental health industry mm -hmm. which is not there but um, you realize that a lot of people are uh, experiencing spiritual awakening. It might not be a call to be a Sangoma. Sure. It might be uh, an awakening to a higher self, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, prescribing pills and only um, incorporating integrative therapy was not helping a lot of my patients and was also not working for me along the run. Right. Part of it was working. However, I needed to incorporate the spirituality of it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, um, that's when I started in my career to realize that something needs to change, mm -hmm. basically. And I started searching more deeper for something meaningful. I was very passionate, which I'm still passionate with my, um, my first profession, which is being a psychologist. And then I started researching more about what could be wrong with me consulting. Mm -hmm. And then I, I ended up meeting Coco Dineo, of course, which consulted me and said, you know what, you have a spiritual calling and you need to answer it. Mm -hmm. This thing you said about the DSM-5 is very interesting to me. I, I haven't, we, of course, we use that in the States, but I didn't think about it being used e everywhere. And, and the fact that there are cultural issues, we have problems with the DSM-5, even in terms of dealing with African folks in America, right? right. To the, 
it seems like a lot of ego to mm -hmm. think that you're going to take this and apply it to a, another culture that you haven't even interacted with that the problems may manifest differently that's correct but yet you you still are working with this same manual here every day and let me give you for example dsm-5 says somebody who can't concentrate has adhd uh -huh. yeah that person might be diagnosed with adhd however the department of the problem that might need is connection with their ancestors sure. a yeah. ritual that might need to be performed for that child therefore dsm-5 it's limiting mm -hmm. to us because we are spiritual beings right. and an african spirit never dies that's my angela says i come as one and i stand as ten thousand mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. everywhere you walk you've got your ancestors and i'm of people that you walk with mm -hmm. and the minute you don't acknowledge them they come to be a problem in your life mm -hmm. because it's like when you're talking to a child and they're ignoring you what do you do you do something for them to pay attention to you sure. as a result our ancestors have that and a lot of african people are suffering from that not being connected the minute you are not rooted now says you cannot bear fruits mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so that's basically one of the bigger problems and i'm hoping that i can be amongst the people who rewrite the story of an african child sure so let's let's take that a little further because i yeah. like i like this this issue this is an interesting concept we see this um you brought up the issue of ADHD. So how would you work with a child that comes in or, or a family that brings their child in and says, this child has ADHD? Take us through that process. Okay. Let me say I get a referral from one of my peers or my colleagues and say, we have seen this child, we have assessed them, they have ADHD. And for me, the first thing that I would do is to consult um, a child with the spirit because when we consult in my profession, my second profession as a sangoman, mm -hmm. um, we use the spirit and mm -hmm. the bones. Mm -hmm. Bones are literally like I'm mainly a tool basically, but sure. we let the spirit lead us. Mm -hmm. I would first do that. That's my first preference. Every time, even when I get somebody who's been through a trauma, rape, or um, grief, and all that, my first point of contact is to see in the spiritual realm what exactly okay. it's happening okay. because it's like literally a spiritual x ray. Yes. Where you can scan somebody else's life. Sure. You know um, that's the first thing that I do and then I'll see what's happening you diagnose even because even in the African spirituality how we divine people we can still pick up Western problems mm -hmm. you know with the behavioral problems we can still pick that up mm -hmm. therefore my first point that I do now it's to do what we call ugushola, which is divining the patient okay. and see what the problem is. The child might have ADHD because they have challenges with their neuro neurotransmitters neurotransmitters which mm -hmm. is um, a neurological problem right. they might have ADHD because they are not eating right mm -hmm. and not sleeping right mm -hmm. but also they might have ADHD which appears as ADHD because of not being rooted not being connected or probably the child wants the father's same name so now they need to be connected especially those uh, problems are very big in Africa mm -hmm. the children not being connected to their father because of our history apartheid of course where we come from basically right. Right. but the first thing that I do whether you you came in for counseling or you came in to consult as in to, to be divined I consult the spirit first okay you know and also that helps me as a psychologist the advantage of it is sometimes you have patients who have been referred who have been forced to say if you don't do counseling probably you are you will be fired and stuff sure. so they are not willing to talk about what's really the problem mm -hmm. so if I bring it up they now know and lead them to what we need to solve mm -hmm. so that for me works as an advantage yes you know yes, so yes, yes. Okay. So the first point in my work is to divide every patient, whether they're coming for counseling or they're coming because they have spiritual problems. Okay. That's what I do first. Okay, great. And so they understand that coming in the door, that that's 
the way you operate and they, they looking, they're seeking you out for that. Absolutely, mm -hmm. because um, what happened when I started practicing basically in my training was it doesn't because we use um, traditional herbs, herbs and all that. So it doesn't help for me to use traditional herbs when psychologically you're not okay. Mm -hmm. when you're not okay mm -hmm. mentally when you're not stable mentally right. because I can use all the herbs in the world to help you but if your mind is not changed you know right. and even if you go to the Bible and you refer to the Bible Romans 2 verse 2 says renew your mind mm -hmm. therefore even when I'm about to take a treatment and work on you to treat the disease that it's happening in your life I need to make sure that mentally you're stable mm -hmm. you understand what we are doing mm -hmm. and you can change your own energy yes you know so yes. for me that's a great combination because sometimes the person doesn't need herbs. They, do, they just need counseling and understand the generational cases and how to break mm, them. Mm, and sometimes they mm. don't only need counseling. Right. They also need to go deeper and for us to talk to the spirit and change their situation in the spiritual realm. Okay. So for me, that works as an advantage. Okay. Yeah. Hmm, you keep bringing up interesting topics here. So <laughs> this generational curses is something that we talk about a lot because um, through the process of well, for for Africans in America for mm -hmm. slavery, right? Yes. And for I guess you it would be apartheid. These traumas that have been coded in our families and our DNA and still manifest in behaviors today, and people not recognizing that a lot of times the way you're acting or the problems that mm -hmm. you're having, the depression that you're experiencing, the stress, the ways you respond to situations are a result of generations of having been taught to respond that way. So you're having to break that pattern and create a new healthier pattern. Would that be correct? That's correct. How do you go about doing that? Um, firstly, it's to make the patient understand that it's a process. It's not a once-off thing. Mm -hmm. It's a process, basically. And like I said, first, the first point of contact is to divine what the problem is mm -hmm. generationally. Mm -hmm. And I usually say, because they're generational cases, they're also generational blessings. Ah, so you might be the first important. one to turn this family situation around. Yes, you yes. Know? So firstly, we look at the pathology of the behavior in the family, mm -hmm. what has been happening, and we sort of interview the patient to say we see this and we see how your father died probably let's take for example um, early death premature death in the family mm -hmm. and maybe it's caused by um, substance abuse in the family mm -hmm. you find this patient say I'm trying I've seen every psychologist in the town I've done every cognitive behavior that they've prescribed me right. but things are not working out mm -hmm. and you realize that their father also had the same problem their grandfather also had the same problem mm -hmm. but here then we have what we call treatments that we call ugushwelezer that means mm -hmm. you go and talk with the ancestors to say hey this has been happening throughout the family mm -hmm. can you have mercy on this one because she has taken or he has taken the steps to say I want to change I went all out to find out what the problem is and you might find that that the problem is happening because probably there's huge trauma in the family that nobody's aware of mm -hmm. and one ancestor is trying to communicate through the grandfather the grandfather did not get the message it was passed on through the father the father did not get the message now the son is getting the message and they realize that now it's a generational problem mm -hmm. you know so it's called Ushuelaza, where we go down and we dig deep in the spiritual realm what happened how did it happen what can we do to fix it spiritually so that then the behavior can change in the yes. uh, physical realm. Mm -hmm. So we change things first in the spiritual realm 
then we focus on the yeah. behavior in mm-hmm. the physical realm because everything starts with the spirit That's before right. you came in you became a spirit mm-hmm. you know and when you depart you leave the spirit, the spirit. never dies right. you know it continues so our point of the first point of contact is the spirit okay yeah. yes beautiful that is that's wonderful and and you're seeing people respond and you're seeing the evidence of healing happen when you're happen. yes yes it does happen of course mm-hmm. a lot of our patients have been coming and giving testimonies you know mm-hmm. to say no matter how i tried i had one patient last week who came to say thank you because i was trying by all means to change mm-hmm. but it was not happening because mm-hmm. i've been through so much trauma but when i went back to talk to you because when she came we said go and have a conversation with your mother we're not going to prescribe any herbs for you go and sit with your mother down and ask her what happened mm-hmm. and she came and we realized she came and told us what happened because we saw it but the answer was that she had to have a one-on-one with the mom sure. yes you yes. know and she went and she says it was not easy but we had to talk we had mm-hmm. to have a woman to mm-hmm. and she, the mother gave lots of answers of how she was born what happened when she was born and that alone because she kept on having dreams that she did not understand mm-hmm. because even when you come to us as traditional healers you come to us with things that you are experiencing you probably might not have the name for them right you know right. so for us it's it's, it's a process basically and it's not the ones off because you also don't bath once and you're okay right so therapy is <laughs> an ongoing go, continuous that's thing. right you yes. do it every day you fall down you get up mm-hmm. so that's the first thing that our patient needs to understand that you have been experiencing this problem for the longest time because spiritual problems you find that they are generational mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has been happening in your family you saw it okay. and it's happening to you and you saying stop it with me so firstly let's see in the ancestral what's happening mm-hmm. once we have sorted that problem let's sort you out first Right. Do you, we need to cleanse you with the herbs that we use? If need be, we do that. Mm-hmm. Then after prescribe a cognitive behavior or a psychotherapy. Okay. That's and then they work together. Yeah. Yes. That's 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 beautiful. Yeah, I like to hear that. Um, so, what would you say are the issues that you deal with the most um, that have a psychological framework? Firstly, spiritual depression. That's one of the uh, biggest. Mm-hmm. Where somebody needs to move to another level or phase of their lives, mm-hmm. but they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Love lives is also a challenge. Mm-hmm. A financial problem is the biggest, mm-hmm. but that's mostly because of the spiritual depression. Mm-hmm. Um, then we deal with um, sinning problems, of course, identity problems, and sure. identity problems because of the apartheid era that we came from. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the major problems that we deal with. Of course, we've got witchcraft in Africa, mm-hmm. it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, in other continent, it seems like um, cliche, but with us, it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the major problems that we deal with. We deal with women who can't uh, conceive. We deal with um, teenagers who are depressed. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what we deal with most okay. of the time. But depression is the biggest. Depression. Depression. Is Would the you biggest. say that it's because of the the social climate um, that causes that? You know, still trying to deal with the the ravages of apartheid and just kind of s- trying to survive in this society. Partly. Also, what kind of a depression are we talking about? Mm. Because it's like when you say depression, we're talking about a gun. But what kind of a gun are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Because the minute we're not defining things, that's when we cannot get to the solution of the problem. Mm -hmm. In Africa, depression has not really been defined. Everybody now has been hiding under the word depression. Mm. But 
could be postnatal depression. Sure. It could be clinical depression. It could be situational depression. It mm -hmm. could be spiritual depression. Okay. But depression, most of our clients, they come here solely depressed. And they come with situational depression because they've experienced some certain things that they can't solve for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Good, good. So um, I want to go back a bit to your process. Um, so as you are doing your psychology work and then you came for a consult and realized that you had a gift and need to be doing this, how did you then prepare your mind to make that transition and what was that like? All right. At first it was <laughs> not easy. I remember coming here for the first time. I yeah. felt like I could take my life because the stigma that is attached to traditional healers, it's very huge. It's, 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 Koko Dineo has done amazing work in changing the face of traditional healers in our country and in Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, um, nobody wants to accept the calling because of the responsibility that it comes with mm. and the challenges that it comes with when you're going through the training. Mm -hmm. So, and with me, I was also a pastor. I was a born again Christian. I was Ooh. also a pastor. Ooh. So I did not believe in ancestors. Ooh. However, I was experiencing them every day. So, so, so how do you go from not believing to even coming? What, what would make you even? That do? is what I'm saying. It's an experience. It's not a belief. For me, a belief is something that you hear and you convince yourself of. But an experience, when you were in classes and you know that you can't see properly, mm -hmm. you know for sure. Right. And you know that you need classes. Mm -hmm. So with my calling, it was my experience. I would mm -hmm. wake up with dreams. I would wake up knowing that a woman from America is coming. She's wearing red. She's going to say one, two, three, four, five. Within a day, that person will show up. <laughs> and I would say, I told you. At first, I used to say the Holy Spirit told me. Uh -huh. But it was my ancestors who told me. Still, one of my ancestors came in my dream and said, listen, we need you to take up this work. And when I woke up and described that person to my mother, she said, we know that kind of a person. Mm. That person once lived, I was young, I was one of your great-grandfathers. You have to answer the calling. For me, one thing that helped was family support. Mm. They made me to understand that everybody depends on this. Because now it was affecting every family member. Because this calling is not just for you who's going through the initiation. You're just being interested. It's like a company. A company is not about the CEO. It's about everybody. Sure. But you're playing different roles. Right. So even through initiation, it's a family thing. It's a community thing. Because from here, I'm going back home to heal my community. Mm. To heal. But it starts with me, my family, then the community. Okay. So for me, more than anything, my family were at the forefront of supporting me, of saying, look, things have been doing well, you haven't been well, and now we are all not well because of this beautiful gift. Mm. Try it. If it doesn't work, but you've given it a try. Mm. And I came in here and I fell in love with it. Okay. Goko Dineo has done amazing work mm -hmm. and I'm blessed and very fortunate to be initiated by her. Mm -hmm. And no more turning back. So your family, that's surprising. I would think most families, given the culture, would not be supportive, but yours was. What was unique yes. about your family that allowed them to be supportive? And am I am I correct in thinking that most people, most families, would say, yes. "Why would you do that?" Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Because now in the twenty first century, everybody being a born again, it's kind of fashionable. Mm -hmm. And where we come from, African culture or spirituality in our country it's seen as something that's not advanced mm -hmm. and it's it's everybody's dream to live an advanced life so you don't want to be doing things 
from history <laughs> back then. Right. We want to be advanced. It's the right. 21st century. Right. That's number one. But it also goes with the stigma because African spirituality heals both the heals both in a medical way and spiritual way. Mm-hmm. So now the competition in terms of spirituality, which is religion, it's there. Right. And in the competition from the Western or conventional medicine, it's there. Mm-hmm. So both are in partnership. So it's like two against one. Mm-hmm. So even in the media, it's not portrayed as a beautiful gift. You know? Right. So it's when you educate yourself, because I remember Coco did not want to initiate me. She, she said, go and research, go and educate yourself. But my challenge was that there are no books written. It's not like medicine where I can go to the library. Right. And she said, your experiences will tell you if you want to do this or not. Mm-hmm. So at home, they were supportive because they believed me. They saw my experiences. I would wake up and say, it's going to rain today. And the rain would be like this and like that. And I had that in my dream or somebody's telling me. Mm-hmm. And that would happen. So at home, they saw it. And I used to help a lot of people, you know, I'd say, no, you know what, don't go there today, just go there tomorrow. I dreamed of a robbery. Mm-hmm. And the person called me, there was a robbery there. Mm-hmm. But you don't only dream bad things, you dream good things as well. Sure, you know, sure. I remember when my sister was about to get a new job, I kept on saying to you, a new job is coming, and it's coming with a new car. And she did not believe it because for the longest time she has been looking for a job. Mm-hmm. But she was looking for a job and not finding it because I was refusing to take my calling. Mm-hmm. So the ancestors has closed everybody's luck at home. Mm-hmm. And the minute when they did what we call Ugupatla, sort of a prayer, but not a prayer. It's Ugupatla, to ask your path, to clear your path, basically. Mm-hmm. To communicate with God via, through your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Things started opening up. Mm-hmm. It opened it up for my family members who were able to support me when I go through that process. And mm-hmm. my family have never failed me even once in a mm-hmm. day. So mm-hmm. I do this. Sometimes it gets hard. But when I think that I have people rallying behind me, supporting me in every way, mm-hmm. for me, it's I have to do this. I want to do this. I need to do, do this for an African child. Because can you think when I finish here? And because it's very few people who are dual practitioners. It's either your Sangama right. or your psychologist. Right, right, right. You know. So we need more of such. Right. We need more of such will change the two because psychology needs the African spirituality. African spirituality needs psychology. Right. So it's integrative healing basically. Mm-hmm. So my family for me has played a huge role in me coming to initiate okay. and I'm very grateful for them. Yeah, so you're on the forefront of some new stuff here <laughs> that hopefully in the next 20 years becomes normalized and everybody is doing it because I think that is it is necessary for true internal healing to happen and not just putting a band-aid on a problem Absolutely. but really getting down to the root of the problem Absolutely. dealing with it and making change that's going to last not just for that person but for generations to come I agree yeah I agree that's a beautiful thing so how you're in the midst of your initiation process now yes I'm in the midst I'm at the last stage of it two more stages to go and then I should be ready to go home Okay. Yeah. Where is home? It's Timbe Sexton. How things? 30 minutes away from here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm from the city. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, before you were initiated, you were hearing things as well, even as you were working with your patients or even before you even got into psychology. You've always got messages and heard things? As early as six years old. Uh, Actually, my mother says 1976, when she was going to work, somebody told her that she would give birth to a great Sangama. Mm. And I was the last born in, in my siblings prior to my brother passing away. And she said, when I kept on giving birth to your brothers, I said, no, 
this is not the one. Mm-hmm. She said, I always expected a Sangoma because my mother believed in Sangomas. She had families, great grandfathers who were great healers. So she knew about it. She understood it and she believed in it. And my dad always said, no, we're going to give birth to a medical doctor. Mm. And when I was born, my mother said, this one is the one. Mm. And my dad said, no, this one is the medical doctor. Mm. So they always had that because my yeah. dad was more of a Western man. Uh-huh. And my mom was more traditional centered woman, sure. proud woman. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up, I remember when I was six years old, my dad was so sick. And I think she, he transitioned when I was six years old. Mm. And when he was about to the morgue, when he came to fetch him, and my mother had accepted that my dad passed on and it's okay. And I woke up and I told my mother to mix some herbs at home to give him to drink. Mm-hmm. And my mother did that and my dad woke up. Mm. He was already certified that certified that he's he's gone and and my dad woke up really? and my dad came back and described the experience that he went to the world where there were all people that once lived from his family mm-hmm. they knew him he knew them but some he has never met them here but he knew them from that okay. side they told him to come back to planet Earth because he needed to give birth to another son because all his son were taken away from him. Uh. And that's how he came back. Then my mother, that was a confirmation of the prophecy in 1976, which right. is what was 10, 16 years later. Mm-hmm. And she said, I always knew. So at mm-hmm. home, I was a sick child. I used to have um, seizures, but I did not have neurological problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised by very fortunate uh, parents. They could afford great health for me, even during just after post-apartheid, when people were still coming out from poverty. Mm-hmm. But my parents were well off there and they could afford highest care for me. So they did not struggle to get people to help me. Mm-hmm. But I was also a troubled child. I was diagnosed with ADHD. There was a time I was schizophrenic because I would hear voices mm-hmm. and I would tell people what's going to happen and they'll say I'm crazy, but things will happen and they will happen like mm-hmm. that. So my parents always knew that there's something about this one. This one would be something. But of course, parents, every parent wants somebody their children to have a better life and my dad for me to have a better life was through being a medical doctor after my trick after grade 12 i followed that path but it was not working out because in class as well i would hear things because most of the time i would hear people talking and telling me things about people and i'd say i hear things about you you're gonna do this and this and that right and they're like you're crazy and right. I'm like, oh you said that uh-huh. so my mom was always waiting for it even when i was sick my mother would say one day if you go through what we call ugutuasa being in an initiate being a single you will be well my child mm-hmm. so my mother always said it and my mother has always been waiting for it mm-hmm. so when i came in my family was happy to say finally mm-hmm. it's happening now mm-hmm. so it did not start now it has always been something that was there. Mm-hmm. It's just that I did not understand it and I was against it. I did not believe it. And till such time that I was so sick that I had to accept mm-hmm. uh, my calling. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's great. And you feel wonderful now. Yes, no more turning back. I'm happy. Okay. I'm at my happiest. I never thought because the fear that. Um, everybody has with the calling mm-hmm. because of the stigma, because of lack of education, because here in our country they think education is just only education through university, through the western men, mm-hmm. but I usually say if you're not educated about African culture, you're still not educated, right. so I had to also go and educate myself and find facts for myself and experience it mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. so it's a personal experience and through my experiences I've fallen in love with it mm-hmm. and I'm waiting and I'm looking forward to go out there and have my own dual practice because I'm still practicing here as a dual practitioner sure. where I'm training now mm-hmm. to open my dual practice so that I can help people out there. Okay. And so what is that going to look like? Talk a little bit about 
what your dual practice will look like and how you'll be doing what you do. <laughs> it will more or less like head go good nail, but um, I think it will not just be a dual. I would also have other medical professionals like um, general practitioners ah. because we do need them. Because sometimes when you have this calling, it has a tendency to give you physiological problems okay. that even though we go back and fix the spiritual problems psychological problems you still have physiological, physiological. problems sure. to attend to for example if you go in and you refuse your calling and your ancestors through your process of going for back and forth you get to have a stroke mm -hmm. we will go and show for you and you take your calling spiritually you will be fixed mm -hmm mentally will work with you and psychologically ongoing process mm -hmm. however physiologically you still need to go through therapy that will help you mm -hmm. to recover from the stroke right. so can you see when i'm talking about integrative therapy absolutely making sure that no one feels threatened with their profession but we work together mm -hmm. because at the end of the day it's about healing patients right Absolutely. Making it right, absolutely. You know, yeah. so I am. My plans basically is to work with the likes of course, Coco Dinero will always be part of my life, and um, work with other medical professionals mm -hmm. who are working in the um, what you call the conventional medicine, mm -hmm. traditional medicine, and the the what you call the mental health. Mm -hmm. Basically, so okay. it would look like something like yeah. that. Of course, in a fancy suburb. So that's a great thing that you're going to be doing. I'm really excited to, to know about that. And I hope to come back and actually um, see it in, yeah. in real time. I'm sure I will be back to see that. Um, so as we wrap up, any, any last things you would say about um, your work and how you do what you do or what you want people to know about? Okay. Uh, um, first thing, I love what I do. Uh -huh. And I'm very passionate about a black person's mental health. Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about everybody's mental health, but specifically a black person's mental health. Mm -hmm. Because in my country, a black person with mental health is like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know. So it's either people believe in ancestors or they believe in psychology. Right. But nobody believes that the two can work together. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So my prayer, my desire is that people can understand that psychology and spirituality goes hand in hand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you cannot fix the other one and neglect the other one mm -hmm. that's one thing that i would like um to see but probably i'll go um through the martin luder to say i dream of a world whereby mental health can be normalized like when a person is having a heart disease mm -hmm. i dream of a world whereby we can talk openly and nobody um feels ashamed of saying you know what i right. have depression like when you have a headache you go on and take a pill mm -hmm. similarly when you have depression and feeling depressed you say i need to go and see somebody mm -hmm. similarly with the traditional challenges i wish that can be normalized in right. our country however i'm happy because there's hope the likes of coco dinero have made sure that they lay the foundation mm -hmm. and we are upcoming healers that we're making sure that now the world knows that it's normal to be traditional mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong it's not witchcraft mm -hmm. so what i pray for is seeing a black person taking responsibility for their mental wellness for their spiritual wellness and their holistic wellness mm -hmm. in general mm -hmm. okay yeah and so i would say in, in echoing that, that there's nothing wrong with your mental health, with seeking out your mental health. There's nothing wrong with 
seeking out and improving your spiritual health. That's correct. It it it's natural. We need to embrace that, and that is in fact why we're doing this podcast, so more people can see people like you and I who do this work and do it well and actually get results in terms of helping people so that we can take the stigma away and just make it normal. That's this correct. is just what we do. That's correct. Yes. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Yes. I really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, this has been quite enlightening. I, I feel so very fortunate to be able to travel here to Johannesburg and this just happened today I I've been looking for a black psychologist to interview here and was just running into roadblocks and miraculously this morning I found out about her and we were able to get this set up she was able to work me in so here we are spirit working yet again so this is what we do in closing I want to remind you to always be a critical thinker as it relates to your mental health and well-being we always want to inspire you to consciously question your choices to ensure that you are doing those things that bring you happiness and fulfillment. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and share the information with others who might benefit. Connect with us on Twitter at HeartMindHealer and visit our Facebook and Instagram pages at Alashe Center, A-L-A-S-E Center. Our website is alashe.net. A-L-A-S-E dot net. And feel free to contact us for any consultations or questions you might have. Things that I might be missing Running too fast to stop to listen It's time to step out on faith I gotta show my faith